Hello and welcome to All You Ever Wanted to Know. I am Jordan Patswold and in studio with me today we have Lori Renton from LR Future Insurance and Investments. Lori, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm great, Jordan, and it's nice to be here. Absolutely. Uh, great to see you. And we got lots to talk about uh, today and we're going to be putting the focus on, well, every stage of one's life. We're going to connect all the dots that there's something in here for everyone listening into the program today, no matter what their age is. And so we're going to, I guess, well, let's go with the beginning. Uh, Someone getting that first ever job. I mean, mom, dad can be thinking about how uh, maybe their child even making allowance money, how maybe it's a great opportunity to start talking to even young kids about how Hey, uh, you might get uh, a $10 allowance. Hey, let's let's pretend you're getting taxed on that right from the get-go or even something along those lines. This can start really, really young and it goes with how your money matters and life sense with uh, talking to kids about their finances. Yeah, you're right. Money sense, like making sense of sense, hey, with the kids. It's pretty powerful when kids are learning this stuff at that young age and um, they've got somebody to sit down with them. I know, you know, mom and dads are there often, but mom and dad are busy. How much does that conversation come up? So when you think about young children, it's often where does their money beliefs come from? But those people close to them, which is often parents and grandparents. So I know my grandson, he's 19 and he just got his first like real job full time. And, you know, he's going... Grandma, remember you always mentioned, because you sometimes don't know if when you've got a kid around and you're saying things to them, if they're really absorbing it. He calls me and he says, remember you always mentioned that 10%? How does that work? And he's asking about it. So now that takes him into investments or tax-free savings or something like that. He won't need an RSP yet because he's not making enough money, but he can start his tax-free savings with 10% of his of his um, income, mm-hmm. and then we can convert it to an RSP when the time comes that he needs the RSP. So when it comes to you know starting your first job and being that young, if you don't have any zero knowledge, which I know really honestly in school, what do we learn about money and and that type of stuff? We don't learn a whole lot. We learn a little bit about compound interest and stuff, but not the real life stuff. Sure. So investments, um, tax planning, so they understand. Yeah, you make twenty bucks an hour. But that really works out to only 16 because you've got all these deductions and that's what these deductions are and this is what they're for. Um, RSPs, understanding them, tax-free savings and debt management. So the thing is, when I say debt management at that young age starting your first job is don't allow yourself to get into a bunch of debt, but be in charge and understand it so that you don't get into the debt that we're in today. Um, I have a woman I work with and she does the money, it's called the Money Matrix course. She's amazing. And right now, uh, the debt per Canadian is $27,000. We are now number one in debt. Wow. Per capita. Like, isn't that crazy Mm -hmm. for every individual in this country to be $27,000 in debt, not counting your mortgage? Yeah, that's just staggering. So you multiply that by four, Jordan, in your family of four. Oh, I guess. That's your debt, right? I can't believe that. Yeah, Yeah, the kids get lumped into that. The kids get lumped into it. So that just means the adults have much more debt. So it's something truly we need to be more aware of. So debt management, I mean, that can fit into a lot of places, but it really can fit in there because it starts to teach you about that kind of stuff. Well, and it's neat too, because when it's allowances, when it's something along those lines, maybe it's something that parents can do to kind of get their kids thinking about, you know, their future education or something along those lines that, uh, I mean, hey, uh, 
as an adult, I now realize that if I put money away for my kids, uh, that uh, they can receive the benefit of a part of a matching grant through RESPs and things like that. Likewise, I could do something maybe to teach my kids, hey, you know, for every uh, 500 bucks you put away for your own education, mom and I will chip in such and such an amount. So there's different ways you can kind of get them thinking about that too. Yeah, And then all of that money gets an extra 20% that the government kicks in. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Jordan, those are the type of things like if we can start really teaching people that and then they understand because you show your child putting away $25 a month at whatever young age and then show them what that would be worth at say age 50 compared to if somebody starts at 30. Yeah. And does that what they how much more they need to put away to have that same amount and not even near that amount of money. So, you know, I talked to the students at the college and, and the eighth wonder of the world, like Einstein says, is compound interest. And I don't think people really realize how impactful compound interest is. So that's, you know, so starting your first job, come in and see us, we'll set you up with what's called a PAC, a pre-authorized um, checking account, like where money comes out of your account every month and it buys into your fund every single month or twice a month, however your pay period is, we can set you up with that. So it's just a matter, like I said, often investment firms, people believe they need to have a bunch of money to come in. No, let's come in, find out where you are, what your needs are, and we can help you get it set up. So don't ever think that you got to have $100,000 to walk in the door. We're here to get you to that point so that you do have that $100,000. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, just uh, like you say, uh, as much as people can handle, it's like a little bit of a habit, you know, to kick it. You got to do a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, and then eventually it seems like it's nothing at all to really proceed and continue. So something like uh, taking, well, if you love going out to eat for supper kind of thing, if you take one of those meals out of the equation, mm-hmm. uh, if you're talking like a family, well, that can be like a $60 kind mm-hmm. of uh, expense, just taking one of them out, yeah. uh, can mean $60 in savings, uh, can yeah. go into a TFSA of some kind. And then, uh, like you say, watch it grow. Yeah. And I think as a family, I think it's so important because well, even the next one, like m- the next step is living as a couple. So all of a sudden two people come together as a couple before the family comes along and they're coming from two completely, possibly two completely different money backgrounds. And then what stirs up a lot of issues in a relationship often, especially with a husband and wife is one's a big spender. They spend every cent they make and the other one's more like we need to save money for the future. Well, that would drive each other crazy, (laughs) right? Say, no, you can't do that because we don't have the money for it. And if that person's a spender, that would drive them crazy. So that's something living as a couple so it comes in budgeting which we don't use the word budgeting we use cash flow planning okay so that you're coming together and you're seeing that right off the bat income protection so you both got jobs what's protecting you if one of those jobs are not there anymore that you become Mm. ill um what protects your income if you're unable to to do that income splitting What's the best way? He's got, you've got a pension plan, the wife doesn't, or the wife has a pension plan, the husband doesn't, but she wants to buy some RSPs because she needs a deduction. Let's get you set up with a spousal so that you've got that money growing in the other person and they're going to be taking money. Because I had clients years ago, they're both passed away now, but that's how long I've been in the business, Jordan, since 1987. And they didn't really do, they only did insurance with our office. And I had found out that he had been buying regular RSPs all his life, plus he had a pension. His wife was a stay-home mom. 
Now figure that out. She's in a low, low tax bracket. He's got a pension coming, plus he has to pull out all those RSPs. That whole time, he should have been buying spousals so that she had a, a, a little bit of a pension set up for her. Mm. He would have got the deduction buying it, but she would have been pulling it out later in her tax rate. So here they're pulling all this money out at the highest tax rate because he had a great pension. So things to think about. And again, it's not everything that you know to walk into us to say, what do I do here? But when we go through the discovery process, that's where it all comes into play. Oh, okay, this is what's happening. This is how it would work, could work for you. Mm-hmm. So it is It is a discovery, that's for sure. And this is where the whole insurance and investments really connect together. Yeah, it all does. Um, and then, you know, buying your first home, that's a big step, right? That's a life stage. Mm-hmm. So the home buyer's plan, what's out there for us as home buyers? Is there 10%? Is there something that helps us make our down payment? Because I find with a lot of people, they're out making a rent payment of $1,200. Their mortgage payment would only be, for an example, $800. Okay. But they can't get a mortgage because they don't have a down payment. Mm. So what types of things are available for that? Because they're obviously showing that they're paying their bills and they're already doing it and even more. Um, mortgage financing, where do I go? What does a mortgage look like? What's the best thing for, to look for in a mortgage? That's crucial. And then mortgage insurance. So, you know, you go into the bank, you get a mortgage because that's just the traditional thing. You go in, you get a mortgage, you say, yeah, we need life insurance on that mortgage. Well, who are you protecting when you're buying insurance on a mortgage? You're protecting the institution. You're not protecting yourself. Uh. So I often say to people, like I owned a home when I was quite young. We bought each a separate life insurance policy. We still have that policy to this day. Well, the home's been paid off for years. So, you know, I even think like if you have your own insurance, let's say it's a couple, one passes away and it's a $250,000 insurance policy. Do you really need to take that 250 and pay that house off? Or should you invest that 250 and let it continue making your mortgage payments for now? Wow. You know, yeah. and it gives you some cash flow. It's mm-hmm. not all gone. Yeah, you got a paid off house, but you're still paying for the cost to run it, right? Yeah, because I think some people would honestly think that comes along. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. it was there to cover the house. So I might as well pay off the house. Mm-hmm. When in reality, I mean, yeah. the interest rate of paying for a house, especially in 2019, it's yeah. really not all that much. It's not that much. That was different when I was young. Sure. Because interest rates were 18%. But that's something to think about. So like I said, you know, you come in, you have a consult with the discovery process. We kind of see on this stage of life where you are and what are the needs and have you got that stuff covered. Mm-hmm. So, and then and then next is starting a family, which is big. You know, you've been through every single one of these already. Um, Jordan. So starting a family, all of a sudden it's life insurance. I have people that I'm responsible for. If something were to happen to me, am I taking care of them with life insurance? Sure. Uh, Health and income protection. So health insurance, income protection again. And then wills. Something is, you know, a will. Now you've got a family that needs to be taken care of. Who would be the guardian to those children if something happened to us? So I really highly recommend, and I put a star behind that all the time because it's really a plan of mine is to make sure every single client has something, some form of a will. Once you're 18, and parents don't always know about that stuff to tell their 18-year-old kid because the 18-year-old kid could have whatever. You're now an adult. So you don't want to die without a will. So I highly recommend get that in place. Mm-hmm. All you ever wanted to know with LR Future Insurance and Investments today, we're going through the steps of life, what you need to be thinking about to every step along the way. And uh, well, yeah, just adding into 
a lot of as things kind of carry on, as more gets added uh, to, you know, life and whether it's family members or different scenarios in life, lots to be considering and to, to taking into consideration. And it's, it's just in addition to, you know, step by step, adding a little bit more, adding a little bit more and adding a little bit more along the way. And when a lot of things have already been considered, uh, again, it's so much easier to do it step by step rather than if you're only, or sorry, if you're coming into your 40s and you haven't done any of these things, how hard it is to do all at once right? <laughs> as opposed yeah. to if one had started long ago. You know, that's so true. And then, of course, like I, I'm just going to branch off from our every stage of life for now to say, okay, thinking of critical illness, let's say. Sure. So suffering a serious illness can be devastating for anybody. It doesn't matter who we are. We know what's going on with Scott here at The Rock and can have a serious financial impact. Critical illness insurance can help protect the financial future of of you at every life stage. So when I think about critical illness, we have someone in the office that does that now, and I highly recommend book an appointment with them, sit down, whether you're a young family, whether you're a parent and grandparent, whether you're a small business owner or your individuals planning to retire, start looking at what this is and what options are there because even parents, okay, Jordan, let's look at you guys. You're a young couple. You've got two children. Um, You buy critical illness on your children. You go, well, that's kind of morbid. How awful is that? You know what? You're putting an umbrella over that, over the situation, because who needs to take time away from work if your children are ill? Yeah, and if a and critical mom and dad, right? So if all of a sudden somebody goes, here's 50 grand or here's 100 grand, take your time off and spend the time with your child and go through your child's healing. Wouldn't that take a lot of stress off of the parents? Most definitely. You know, so those are things to think about. And what I like about it is this is what I bought for my grandchildren. So that's why I put in parents and grandparents. Okay. Because grandparents go like, what more do our grandchildren need? They have everything. Buy them a critical illness plan. So you've got these young grandchildren. Grandparents could buy that. That's what I bought for my grandkids when, I don't know, they were five or six, something like that. And you buy return a premium. So it puts an umbrella over it. You hope to heck you never have to use it, right? Because Mm -hmm. that means they came ill. If they don't use it, then in 20 years, they get the money back. All the money that was put in, you get back. So it's just a way of protecting yourself. So really come in and check out the prices of stuff like that to really know what's available for you. So, I mean, it's one thing for you to have critical illness, but a lot of people have jobs that have disability and have critical illness and stuff like that. You don't have anything on your children. Most people don't. So you can make it a savings plan slash critical illness plan. So is that uh, like a lot of things where it's a monthly premium? Mm-hmm. Or? Yeah, it's a monthly premium. Yeah, okay. And it's an X amount of dollars, right? So you can say, well, I want 10 grand. I want 20. I want 100. I want 500, whatever it is. Um, I bought mine with my life insurance. So that's what we'll sit down with you and show you that you buy life insurance, but you can buy the rider of critical illness and get a less premium mm-hmm. because you're buying it all together. Mm-hmm. So things to think about. So whoever's out there, even if you do have policies in place, come in because um, our, our guy in the office, he will help you go through it and decipher what you have and see if it's the right thing that fits you right now. Now, grandparent might be thinking just in terms of their own age. What if something <laughs> happens though to themselves? To the grandparent? They, yeah. And they've been paying for that sort of thing. Well, if they pay for critical illness on a child, right. that has nothing to do with the grandparent. That's just something the grandparent is covering the child. In order for the grandparent or the older person or the me mm-hmm. to have that coverage, I bought them for my grandkids just as part of what I wanted to do for them instead of starting an investment account mm-hmm. or with an investment account. 
but I have my own critical illness. Right. So, I mean, that's each to their own. So let's say that you've already gone through a bout of cancer. You've gone through bouts of things. Critical illness is often a little harder to get, but it's not impossible. Mm -hmm. So, you know, someone asked me one time, well, what if you have critical illness, then you get cancer and you use it, is it done? And I think in most of the times it is. But those are questions that need to be answered in everybody's circumstances because we often, like I used to sell house insurance, fire insurance, stuff like that. It's like people walk in and they want to buy this stuff when the disaster or the strategy or the illness has happened. It's like saying you have a kitchen fire, now you want to buy insurance because I need insurance for that fire. Mm -hmm. You need to be looking at this stuff ahead of time. It's so important. And I know it's not a tangent, like you're not walking out with something. You haven't bought a new couch. You haven't bought a new car. You know, you haven't bought a new top or new shoes, but you really have bought security and safety and peace of mind. Right. Yeah. So, so that, that being said, I just kind of tracked off where critical fits in really with everything here. Oh, sure. Um, You know, sending your kids to school now. Now I see so many posts on Facebook, kids are off to school, I'm on day two, and I'm in grade four. Um, RESPs, again, look at them, consider them, set them up monthly where you don't even realize that it's going and get that 20% from the government. Now grandma and grandpa want to set that up, no problem. Um, Tax-free savings and debt management, again, um, cash flow. You know, what is my cash flow? How can I manage the debt that I have? And what does that look like? And often people will think, I want to pay down my mortgage. I want to pay down my mortgage. I want to pay down my mortgage. In the meantime, they've got a credit card debt of 22%. Are you kidding me? You're slapping more on your mortgage, but you're sitting there with a 22%. So it does give you an eyes view because part of our discovery process is um, cash flow planning. So all that stuff comes into place. So so really pay attention to that stuff. Um, you know, right now, like you said, Jordan, interest rates are low. So really, if you've got a mortgage that's costing you 3.5% and you've got other three other debts out there, let's look at getting those paid down one at a time. Mm-hmm. So that's what I help Typical you with. Typical car loans. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you're buying a depreciating asset anyway, right? When you're buying a, when you're buying a brand new car, yeah. when it comes off a lot, it depreciates. So... So then another one is pre-retirement. And this is really becoming big for us as people going, you know, we're looking in the next five years to retire. Well, the discovery process has worked out perfect for people because it gets them set up five years ahead of time to go, we know in five years, this is what's going to happen. But where are we today to make sure that we're in a good place in five years? It is so great. Like I'll be dealing with a 45-year-old. I'll be dealing with a 60-year-old. And it's so different because of inflation and the future costs of everything. So retirement income planning, where's my income going to come from at retirement? Am I going to take my CPP at 60? You know, what am I going to do? How's that going to look for me? I get them to actually bring their pension, get their pension. We look at it. We see what the dollars look like. Is it a defined benefit, defined contribution? Um, Income splitting again making sure that this income that's coming in is being split. Usually the accountants will take care of that, but still it's a conversation. RSPs, tax-free savings, and RIFs. And a RIF is something you convert your RSPs to when you start drawing on them. And you have to draw that at age 71. Okay. Or you have to set it up. Your first payment can come the next year. And then living benefits, long-term care. So again, we have somebody in the office that does long-term care. I had, we had a seminar 10, 20 years ago, and it was just a long-term care seminar. So what is there to care for me to stay in 
a long-term care place, and a guy had bought it. He was an older gentleman at the time, 65. He bought it. He is now in a care home, and it's costing him whatever, and he gets $3,000 a month long-term care because he put that into place Hmm. years ago. So, again, things to think about. And the younger you are buying that stuff, the cheaper it is for you. Mm-hmm. I hate to say the word cheap because it's not cheap <laughs> and it's a big benefit. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, it's the less you have to do ultimately. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, and then another one is retirement. Now I'm here. Now I'm in retirement. That gets, you know, you're kind of going, okay, that's annuities, that's RIFs, that's retire all your retirement needs that are out there for you is very important. Do I have a house? Do I have enough cash flow? Can I use my house to give me some cash flow? Because, you know, you got a house sitting there worth $300,000, but you're short of cash flow. Let's use that as cash flow. One day you're going to die, that house sells, the cash flow gets paid off, and then at least you're living to your biggest potential. What I find, though, is a lot of people when they get older, they just want to leave something. It's all about leaving to their kids. It's amazing how that is. They'll go short themselves just to leave to their kids. In the meantime, their kids are making 10 times more money than they ever made. So it's, it's kind of, you know, those are conversations. And then, so even retirement needs, it gets to a point where people are going, well, you know, I want my money safe. What's out there for a guarantee? So when we can't get the word guarantee, like what really honestly in life is guaranteed, right? And to pay taxes. That's right. That is a guarantee. <laughs> and death, we're all going to die one day, right? So um, we have what's called a guarantee advantage. Again, we have somebody in the office that does the guarantee advantage. I don't do all this stuff. I can't. I want to focus on taking you through the stages and then um, aligning you and guiding you to where you need to go to look after those stages. Sure. So the guarantee advantage is a market link term deposit. And it's, so it's a term deposit where the returns are tied to a basket of securities, but there's a guarantee on it. So, um, so your principal is guaranteed at maturity and at death. So when you think of that and you go, okay, well, I have $100,000 I don't want to risk money in the markets right now. What can I do that's going to be cost efficient too to have that money guaranteed? So we have the guarantee advantage and we have what's called GLWBs. I won't get into it too much, but like right now you get 4% on your money for every year that it sits in there. And then once you start to withdraw it, then that disappears and then you get whatever the market is. But your principal's always guaranteed and you name a beneficiary on there so it doesn't go through your estate. Mm-hmm. And that's a big difference because we kind of forget about this estate stuff. And that's the next stage is planning your legacy. So estate planning, how important is that to know? What does my estate look like if I were to die today? I had um, the guy that does our stuff in our office, he did mine years ago, and he just put everything up on a whiteboard about me. And then he goes, Lori died last night. And I started talking and he goes, whoa, 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 you're dead. You're dead. What are you talking about? And then he said, here's three solutions that you could take care of that would take care of all this that's up there on the board. And I'm going, wow. Like just from a different perspective, right? And then transitioning and the executor assistance. So, you know, when we get to planning a legacy, who is our executor? Who's going to take care of things the best? And who's going to be our power of attorney and on our financial side, but also on where should we be living when we get older if we're incapable of choosing. Right. Yeah. So, so that's important. And then talking about, you know, volatility and markets and stuff for any stage here is, you know, we have what's called high, a high interest savings um, account. And it's an actual really, really good product. And I, cause I see a lot of people, I had someone come in one day, they had money sitting in Canadian tire money market account, like OMG, 
Like, how would people find that stuff, executors, if the time came, right? So they had money sitting in that. They've got money sitting in their president's choice now simply. In these kind of these accounts that are just out there as virtual accounts, this is an account you can have at, but you actually have a real live person to work with to work with it. Yeah. And I find that's very important, especially all the stuff that's out there on online and everything. Um, you want to put a pool of money, everybody should have a savings or an emergency pool fund. That would be a great place for that. So if you're a person that feels comfortable to keep $10,000 in something, but at least earn on it, yep. rather than just a savings account, you can use the high interest savings. So that stuff's all available through us. It's just a matter of, you know, what is it that you need? What's standing out for what you're hearing from me today? And start there. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it just flies by on us every time we chat, Lori. I know we didn't even get to talking about the market because I know you had some interesting numbers on that mm-hmm. too. And uh, it's always a pleasure to have her joining us every second Wednesday of the month on All You Ever Wanted to Know with Lori Renton of LR Future Insurance and Investments. We'll see you again soon, Lori. Hey, thank you, Jordan. And thanks to The Rock for all that you do. That's our program for today. Until next time, have yourself a wonderful day and be blessed.